In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Oh my God, we're being attacked by Vikings. I'm here with Carl London and Carl, you're in Sweden? Yep. And we're going cross country. Christopher Becker, president of Scandinavian or Norway? Scandinavian at the moment. I want Carl to take Sweden on his own. <laughs> All right. It's going to be like England, uh, uh, separating from the EU, is it? Yeah. The Norwegians are like the Scots. Depend, demanding independence all the time. You know, nowhere used to be a part of Sweden. <laughs> but, but we're not as cheap as the Swedish are. <laughs> well, guys, guys, this is not a politics show. This is an NFL show. So let's get oh. straight in there. NFL, Scandinavia. How big yeah. is it? How big is it over there? Um, well, it's, it's, it's quite big and it's growing. Um, this, uh, I actually went to a, a party an NFL party uh, at the end of the season was like 300 people uh, wow. at a restaurant in, in Gothenburg. Um, you had all, all, the, all the teams represented with jerseys and uh, people eating chicken wings and mac and cheese and, and, and watching, uh, I think it was the wild card. So, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so it's growing. I mean, it is televised on, on more or less public TV. It's growing. Not a lot of Browns fans, though. I met two other ones. We haven't played... Um, what do you call it? A fan-friendly product on, on the field for quite some time. So. Things are changing, Carl. Things are changing. Christopher, how many Browns fans do you think there are in Scandinavia? Well, uh, likes on our Facebook page is only around 330. But uh, like Carl just said, it's growing quite a lot because they try to televise the Super Bowl and the games prior on a, on a Scandinavian channel called the Vinosat. Uh, and they have a game they pick each week. And uh, seldom they choose the Browns, of course. But uh, knowing a guy working there, I know next year they're already aiming to get three Browns games because of the happening with all these uh, Chubb and the Mayfield uh, Pepsi rookie nominees and also the rest of the team because Scandinavians love underdogs. Okay, so good. Us now, being the underdog, actually already this season delivering, able to do a lot more next season with the... The Steelers falling apart with the uh, internal politics, Bengals being crap, and, uh, and, uh, and the Ravens with a running back quarterback. And now everybody knows his trick. He's going to get injured. He's going to fall out, I guess. So the Browns are actually, in my opinion, it feels kind of cocky to say, but they're now the favorites to win their division. And... Uh, that will bring a lot of fans because if it's on television and they win games, Norwegians are easy to know. If they try to Google it and they find there are actually guys in Sweden and Norway who have a group supporting it, it will grow very quickly. And uh, I spoke to a lot of people curious about the sport and now more and more are getting into it. So I, I believe in a couple of years, the NFL is going to be a lot bigger in Scandinavia than it has been. More, more like the UK than it is now. Do you think there's 
20 Browns fans in Scandinavia. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have a lot of uh, guys that are uh, Machine Gun Kelly fans. Okay. Uh, they two concerts in Norway. Uh, I work in the wine industry and with concerts and festivals. And I took a lot of people there and uh, I got them to go backstage and meet uh, the guys from the band and Machine Gun Kelly. And they all turned into Bones fans overnight because they said, whoa, Cleveland for life. Where, where, was, where was my invite? I mean, next time if you like him, you're more than welcome. He comes to all these festivals we have here in the summer when the sun never goes down. You're more than welcome. Christopher, I'm coming to hang out with you this summer, definitely. Um, so what do you reckon? 100 fans, 100 Brown fans in Scandinavia? Yeah. And more because there are some people that don't pick one team they pick a few like some people they just pick the the paths you know because they keep winning but some people go like okay i have family in minnesota but i don't really like purple and yellow so can i pick another team as well and they look oh who's the underdog whoa cleveland has been under for a long time let's support that team and with Info now in the news, you have a Norwegian webpage like they have in Sweden. I think in Sweden it's called saff.sa. Uh, it's for Swedish American football. Uh, and, and in Norway, the same for Norwegian American football. It has been Bears and, and, and Bengals, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Pats fans and stuff like that. But now with teams coming, more games televised, people are picking their own team by colors and, and underdog style. There, there is a lot of people. Most people actually say that oh, Browns is my second team. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. I don't like this. I think you can no, have I, one team. I, I agree. I agree. But you know, there you are. <laughs> Carl, where did you watch the Super Bowl this year? I actually watched it in my couch at home with my son because uh, I was I was like uh, three days home from hospital, so okay. so I uh, I spent spent a, a quiet uh, night at home. Okay, I hope everything's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, no good. And uh, do you think it was a good Super Bowl or a bad Super Bowl? I kind of liked it. Um, I, a lot of people are, are coming down hard on this Super Bowl. Uh, I kind of liked it. It, it. it was a close game. A lot of really good defense, especially in the second half. Uh, true, Jared Goff played like shit. The, the high-flying Rams offense didn't, didn't get off the ground. Um, but you know, I, I think it was a it's a tight game. It's interesting. I mean, compared to you, I'm I'm old enough to have lived through uh, the the nineties era era of Super Bowls when I had to live through two years running Cowboys beating up on Buffalo Bills. Those were boring Super Bowls. This was all right. Last and, year was better, obviously. <laughs> and if you didn't know, I used to call Cole the uh, Swedish Greg Williams. So. Yeah. Do we call you now the Swedish Steve Wilkes or? <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know if either one really fits, to be honest. I'm not quite as, as um, in your face as Greg Williams. Steve Wilkes yeah. might be a better fit. He seems like a more mellow guy. And Christopher, what was your view on the Super Bowl? Listening to Carl, I can agree. The good thing is it was a tight game because you know a game can change in a couple of minutes. One interception, one big run. One big catch, it could be changed. And with that difference in the score, anything could happen till the last minute in that game, actually. Uh, but uh, being used to the Super Bowl being a lot more in the, in the big plays and scores, it was kind of fun to see the uncertainty in the paths because I was, I was expecting a lot more and I was expecting the, the, the Rams to be more bold, you know, do something special just to surprise them and, and just do something 
to win this game because it was always possible. But in other words, like, I'm really glad I had to go. Uh, I also work in the brewery. I do some, make some beer. We had planned a big uh, brewing of uh, some beers in the morning on the Monday. So I had to go to bed and said, I'm going to watch this tomorrow. I got an NFL game pass. I'm not going to read any news. I'm going to, but then, of course, somebody texted me in the morning. Oh, what a boring game. So I had to <laughs> check it. And, uh, and I was like, oh, crap. I'm glad I didn't stay up for this shit, you know. But that's because I was expecting, I was guessing, you guessed 2120, I saw on your podcast. Predictable. I was, yeah, I predicted 2821 uh, for the Rams, actually. You're quite knowledgeable like myself, Steve, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. I predicted uh, 34-12 to Patriots, so I was way off. <laughs> one, one funny thing about the Super Bowl, uh, if the Rams would have won it with like a, a last, last second fluke play, they would have had to give the MVP to the punter, Hecker, because yeah. he was the only player, really good player on, on the Rams team. And that would have been so funny. Yeah. Well, that was a where where was he all game? He's overrated. He's overrated. If you look if you look at his stats, so you can you can check with your uh, co-host Mr. McDuffin uh, about this because he likes stats. But if you look at his stats, a majority of his yards are run when when the when the defensive box is not stacked. So his easy yards. I mean, obviously he's talented and all that, but he's he's in my mind he's not one of the top three four running backs in the league. So I think it's overrated. Yeah, Jack's going to be really annoyed with me. I'm talking loads about the Super Bowl. It's a Browns podcast. I'm going to talk more about Browns. Uh, he'll be uh, he'll be editing this later on and he won't be happy. So, uh, did it, uh, Cole, did you watch the um, presentation, the conferences from the new uh, DCOC? Yeah, I did. I did. I thought um, they both came across very professional yeah. and both very serious. There was a little bit of tongue-in-cheek, but I thought, to be fair, they were they, they look serious guys, and I think they're bang up for it, which is great to see. And one thing that Steve said was, um, you can't win this league if you don't have a quarterback. We have a quarterback, an alpha male. So um, what do you think about that, Carl? Yeah, I agree 100%. And, and yes, we do. We have, uh, I mean, I, I listened to the PFF podcast uh, like a week or two ago, and they talked about they've gone back and, and, and uh, graded college quarterbacks, the, the quarterbacks in the NFL when they were in college, and they've gone back like 10 years or something. And, and Baker Mayfield is still the quarterback with the highest uh, PFF rating in college. So, I mean, it, it, he's, he's just, he's, I, I love Baker. <laughs> he's just great. Uh, I agree completely. You have to have the quarterback. And um, if you look at what, what the Rams have done, Salary caps wise this year, they've loaded up while Goff is still on his deal. We kind of have to do the same uh, to get the most out of it. Uh, so I'm looking forward to the to the, to the next couple of years for sure. For sure. Steve also said we're going to try and get every player in the free agent to win us a world championship. Christopher, any views on that? Good that they finally decide to being more open to picking up people from uh, from all sides to to get the best team playing. Uh, I'd like to add one thing uh, back to to Mayfield and, and uh, the Pepsi Rookie yep. Award. There's a lot of people I saw on the Instagram and, and all the pages were upset by make, make Baker Mayfield not winning it. But comparing uh, Barkley for the Giants, he had the numbers with the pros uh, of his score. He uh, was actually one of the best in the total NFL. Uh, Mayfield, record for a rookie 
but still he was knocking the numbers with Breeze and the other guys. So we have a great guy like Hazard. We love him and we know he's going to be, if he stays in our franchise, it's going to be an excellent next decade, you know. We're going to all have a lot of fun. But um, Yeah, as long as the O-line keeps him nice and safe and healthy, we're in a good place. Uh, yeah. Compared to uh, uh, the last quarterbacks we had, I mean, uh, Mr. Money and everybody, he's a quick decision maker. He gets rid of the ball. He doesn't get into those unnecessary conflicts. He, he knows when to let go and he knows when to sneak out and he knows when to make the, the brilliant pass. We haven't been used to that. I mean, everybody we had tried to stay one more second, looked indecisive, not so confident. Make, make, Baker Mayfield took that confidence already from college. And, and, and he believed in it. And he's continued to do it. The coaching staff has believed him in. Let him do his thing. And he's grown a million times just this season. I mean, I, Baker should have been Rookie of the Year. No doubt. This, I mean, just look at the impact he had on the Browns compared to what Barkley had on the Giants. The Giants yeah. were still crap, even though Barkley was good. But I like the fact that he didn't get Rookie of the Year because he's going to use this and, and plant another ship on his shoulder. And, yeah. And, and, just keep improving. So I like the fact that he didn't get it, but he should have got it. Excellent. And uh, talking about free agent, what do you think about defensive tackle uh, Grady Garrett from the Falcons uh, looking like a good spot for the Browns? Cole? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's perfect fit. It's a perfect fit. Modern, modern defensive tackle. I think he was like fifth or sixth graded defense tackle in, in the league this year out of Clemson. I, th- I think it's it's a perfect fit for us. I, I would even... I, I, think, I think this... Someone said that no matter how long contract you sign with free agents, it's basically two-year deals. Uh, that's that's how the league works now. And I would even even consider going and picking someone like Sue, bringing him in, stacking up. Because at the moment, we have massive amounts of cap space. Uh, so why not? We don't need the cap space until it's time to sign Garrett and, and, and Baker for their long-term deals. So... Spend the money now. Get get a couple of really beast defensive tackles. Uh, get rid of Jamie, Jamie Collins. Get a proper linebacker who actually gives a shit. Uh, and another receiver, and we're good to go. Excellent. Christopher, any uh, views on uh, what you want to see us do in the uh, free agents? Yeah, last time we saw when the showboat got injured, uh, stuff happened quickly with the team. Uh, in confidence in the whole uh, defensive line, I think. Because a team leader person was missing. So getting free agents with the, with the, the knowledge and experience uh, to come into the team, it's a, a great input to the whole, whole crew. Because just now we have one of the youngest teams in, in the NFL and, uh, and the free agents are, are people mostly with experience. So we, uh, we should keep getting those guys uh, into the team. Excellent. And I want to finish up with asking, Carl, what's your predictions for the Browns? How many wins do you think we're going to get this season? Uh, double digits for sure. Um, I'm, I'm going to go 12-4. Uh, wow, think... that's the biggest so far, Carl. Really? Really? Yeah. I think that's quite... I was actually being quite uh, restrained there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I think we're, we're right. The division's right for the taking. And I think the only one, the only team that I can actually challenge us was more Ravens, and that's depending completely on whether Lamar Jackson actually can uh, learn how to pass the ball. Uh, <laughs> Cole, yeah. Cole yeah. on that that surgery you just had, are you still hallucinating, or are you still under the influence of drugs at all? Or yes, it, it was a lobotomy. So yeah. <laughs> 
I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, it's it's very possible when you look at the fixtures. If yeah. if we go into every game and how close they've been over the last two years, we could come away twelve uh, and four. Christopher, what do you think? I go one less, eleven and five, and, and that's, because, that's because we're going to mess up two games with some too confident actually. Because I, I believe watching the Instagram and how Ward, Kirksey, uh, Mayfield, Chubb all are projecting themselves through Instagram. They look like the Super Bowl champions already. Okay. With their big fancy suits, how they acted around. They should calm down a bit, down to earth, deliver, then celebrate. They're all, I feel like some of them are already celebrating. So right. we can get a bit too coffee too. You, you, should, you, you have to visualize victory. <laughs> to, I visualize victory. So I like that. We're, we're so close. We're so close. Yeah, I know. We're, we're, like, I mean, if you take just the draws last year and take mm. them all into wins, we would have been already in the playoffs, you know? Yes, but there's one big difference. We don't have you anymore. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's not me, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went with nine and seven, but we still win the league. That's good. Wow. Pessimist. I hate it. Last year I was so positive. This year I'm so uh, realist. Okay. And um, 2019. We need to plan an event. I'm going to come over to Scandinavia. What are we going to do? Carl? Well, as I said, I went to a, a, an NFL party at a place in Gothenburg this, uh, in December. It was quite good. It's a quite good venue we could probably use and, and uh, get set up there. They're, they're used to uh, American football fans, so it shouldn't be a massive problem. And since Christopher is, uh, is a, a party tycoon <laughs> known for his organizational skills, it should not be a problem. It should not. The, only, the only problem for me is the fact that our, our season, as, as you know, I coach a, a junior team. Uh, our season is in the fall as well, so it has to be so we don't uh, crash with one of our games. What, so what the youth games, what day are they on? No, we, don't have, we haven't got the schedule yet, but they're, they're weekend games. So Sunday or Saturday? Both. Well, we, we, I think we should aim to, to go before the season starts to do an event. There's no okay. game on. No, but I mean a kickoff with, I bring a Norwegian team, youth team to play your youth team. Oh, uh, well, a well, challenge. Actually, actually, we are following uh, trolls are coming down to, to play a, a scrimmage in the spring. Yeah. We went up last year to Oslo and played them. Yeah, so then we're coming down. Uh, I have a lot of uh, expats from the States here who want, they just love American football. So if there is an event, they, they, they will travel, they have the cash. I mean, they're well-paid people, doctors, whatever they are. But they want to do something, you know, they want to experience it live, uh, not just watching on the telly. So, I mean, spring, summer, who cares? I mean, uh, if you can get a game going between youngsters, that's just for the future. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to come over on a Sunday when the season starts and do a tailgate and then, yeah. uh, and then get it going from there. So mid-April, when the fixtures come out, I'm going to be phoning you, Christopher and Carl, and we'll try and work something out and plan it into the whole calendar for the whole uh, 16 games and then try and get as many people from Europe into Gothenburg or Oslo or Stockholm. Sweden's got no problem. So we should do it in Sweden. <laughs> Christopher, stop upsetting Carl, please. No, Norway, Norway's expensive. Sweden's way better. Uh, I, mean, last... I, have a group, 
I have a brewery. I can bring a lot of beer, but it's still the taxes if I, I drink it here. So we take it over to Sweden and we can enjoy it there. Uh, th- that's why. Um, that's why I like Christopher more because he's got. He can bring all the booze. I, I agree. I agree completely. I like him. More Actually, well. the more I think about it, Christopher turns up with blondes and booze. So um, I think we're doing it near Christopher's house. Yeah. I fold. All right, guys. It's all in. It's a pleasure speaking to you two both. Thank you so much for your time. The danger zone, it's here. Come on, the Browns. Change is coming. Change is here. <laughs>